0: Welcome to the No Like, and Trust Show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Hey, hey, everyone. Today, we're going to be talking about biohacking your brain so you can be more consistent Show up better, and yes, build up that no like and trust factor. This is a totally different perspective than I have ever shared on this show before, and i'm I'm really excited for you guys to hear what Tanessa Shears is saying about it. It gave me a lot of insight into some of my own behaviors, known and unknown, and I think you're gonna get the same thing. But first, I want to read you guys a review that Jason Cersone recently left on Apple Podcasts. He said that the Know, Like, and Trust show is a must-listen. It's jam-packed with information that professionals in any space can utilize. Whether you're seasoned or novice, the content featured in these episodes combined with the in-depth knowledge guests are bringing to the mic makes this podcast a resource you can turn to for guidance as you grow your own brand he went on to say, I highly recommend that you follow Brittany and all of her efforts going forward. And I look forward to more great content in the future. First off, thank you so much to Jason. Those words mean everything. So kind. But I want to point out one particular thing. He said that I have great content in these episodes and also the knowledge that guests are bringing to the mic. And I think that leads in really well to what we're going to talk about today. I know virtually nothing about biohacking, and I am 100% comfortable admitting that to you guys. It is not my area of expertise, and I learned a lot from this episode, and I can tell you about authentic, automated marketing all day long. But if you can't show up to your business with the right amount of consistent energy, you're setting yourself up for not only an uphill battle, but like that whole peaks and valleys thing. And nobody wants that in business. They want consistent income and that requires you to show up with consistency as well. So a little bit about Tanessa Shears. She's a health consultant and host of the Becoming Limitless podcast. She helps entrepreneurs scale their business by optimizing their health focus, and productivity with science and biohacking. Her passion is working closely with business owners to implement effective sleep, nutrition, workflow, and stress management strategies to eliminate brain fog and help them get more done in eight hours than most people can get done in a week. She does this by optimizing the performance capacity of your body and brain so you can produce more meaningful, impactful work output and scale your business faster. And that, of course, is what we're all about on the No Like and Trust show. So let's hop into our interview and see what Tanessa has to say. All right, Tanessa, I am really, really ridiculously excited about this because, well, you know, just to put it bluntly, consistency is something I preach in a very emphatic way, but I've never heard anyone, like ever in all the years I've been an entrepreneur talk about it the way you do. So let's just dive in if that's cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So where I come from on the consistency thing is by managing our brain and how we are showing up because when we're talking about building consistency and building that trust factor with our audience, it means showing up to our desk in a way that we are consistent and our energy is consistent because so much of the way we're showing up is attracting people. And if we think about the people that we love following online, they have an energy about them and they have a consistency with showing up that we build that trust. Yeah. <laughs> But what I started encountering is that entrepreneur after entrepreneur is dealing with brain fog. You know, that feeling like when you wake up in the morning and your head feels thick and you're maybe forgetting little details, you don't feel very creative. Your thinking is clunky and it's cloudy and you don't feel very inspired. And it's those days where you just would really rather go and back to the couch, back to Netflix, curl up under the covers again. And those kind of days make it so challenging to be the entrepreneurs we want to be. So my work specifically is using something fun called biohacking. I love to help entrepreneurs knock out brain fog so that they can show up magnetic and use that attraction marketing and be able to be the entrepreneur that is
0: consistent. I love what you're coming out from here because I think as well. I've been an entrepreneur since I was 20. So it's been a while, you know, and I've gone through ups and flows of energy. And um, as a mother yourself, I'm sure you understand that sometimes the ups and flows have nothing to do with us. But you're talking about the things we can actually more or less control, which as a type A personality, I am super excited about because (laughs) I just want to know. All right. If I do this, then this will happen. And and I like knowing that. And, you know, as someone who has also dealt with some some health concerns over the years, you know, there are times you're you know something's going on in your body, right? You know that, hey, I should probably do this. I mean, the, the classic example for anybody is, you know, weight management or or exercise. We all know what we quote unquote should be doing. And we also know that sometimes it doesn't happen by legitimate choices and all of that. But I think some of the things that you're talking about are both more and less tangible. So I guess what I'm trying to get at is like, what from a brain point of view, can I control every day versus what should I have as like a general goal of what I can do, but also understand, hey, this one thing might just not work out.
1: Yeah. So I think from that perspective, what I like to do is look at what am I already doing that I can tweak to make a little bit better and where I start with entrepreneurs specifically is their sleep because we are all sleeping. So why not do it a little bit better? And I know some of us, especially, you know, if we have moms or busy families, it's like, well, I can't just go to sleep earlier. So then what we end up doing is looking at, well, why don't we spend the time you are asleep more effectively. So what I like to do is there are certain tweets and we can go over some of them, but I like to put those into place. And I love to track what the results are I'm getting. And I feel like that's what makes biohacking or health optimization so good for entrepreneurs. Our brains are tuned in to ROI. We're all about return on investment. Is this working? What do I need to tweak? So biohacking is the same. Essentially, what I'm looking at is I I wear a lot of wearable tech. Like I've got my Fitbit on. I've got a ring on that tracks basically all of my metrics while I sleep. So what I like to do is I really like to change one thing because that's, you know, in our busy schedules, That's what works. We change one thing. And then I start to watch, do I feel better? Am I waking up less tired? Am I crashing midday? Does my brain feel sharper and clearer? And a good example of one of the things that I did about two years ago, which has made the biggest difference was I invested in a pair of blue light blocking glasses with red lenses. Like we all know about the blue light blocking clear glasses and maybe even the yellow tinted ones but the red ones specifically block a way higher percentage of the blue light from our screens, especially if we do need to be on the computer after kids go to bed or that's our work time filtering out that blue light will really affect the quality of your sleep. And the quality of your sleep has so much to do with your mood, your creativity, your ability to solve out of the box problems, your ability to have a clear brain when you wake up. So just that one switch alone, I saw massive improvements in the amount of deep quality, refreshing sleep that I was getting.
0: So that sparks an observation that I had a while back, right? So I like reading myself to sleep. It is my choice. I I have a Kindle so I can do it without like the light bothering my husband who does not like reading to go to sleep. And it works out really well for me. And I have noticed I could be totally exhausted downstairs and be like, oh, it's time for bed. Gonna come upstairs. And I go and I wash my face and I brush my teeth and I crawl into bed and I'm like, "Mm, no, I'm wide awake. So I pull out my Kindle and sometimes I'll read for five minutes. And I'm like, okay. I have now trained my brain that it is sleepy time. We're going to go to bed. And other times, you know, I'll pass a half hour of reading. I'm like, "Mm, still haven't fallen asleep. And before you ask, it has nothing to do with the kind of book that I am reading because sometimes I can be reading the most interesting thing in the world and I'll still be ready for sleep after five minutes. And like, I've, I've wondered why is it that sometimes that works? It's like my internal sleep cue, but sometimes it does not work. Mm -hmm. My first question to you would be how consistent is your bedtime? I mean, like it's hit and miss, but it's always in the same general range. Like I start thinking about bed around like 10 o'clock. Sometimes it might be earlier than that. Rarely is it too, too much later than that.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a concept that I love to work with entrepreneurs and it's called your circadian rhythm. So our bodies follow a 24 hour clock. We have certain hormones that swing at different times and temperatures that go up and down at different times. Well, in the evening specifically, there's a hormone called melatonin that gets pumped up and that helps us not only fall asleep, but stay asleep much easier. So If you were given a consistent sleep routine, so say you were going to sleep from 1030, waking up at seven as consistent as possible, your body trains itself to produce melatonin in a way so that it is fully ready for you to go to sleep at 1030. So I would be curious if there was a specific time that you were falling asleep at where you noticed, oh, it's five minutes. Whereas sometimes if I go to sleep half an hour later, it takes me a little longer. Or if I go to sleep a little bit earlier, I'm just wondering if you might almost be missing that melatonin a tone and wave that happens before bed. And that might be what might be keeping you up.
0: I love that. As a data numbers geek person, it is totally something that I can track. So... <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's super interesting. I was actually looking at my wake up times. So when your circadian rhythm is balanced, meaning you go to sleep and wake up at pretty much the same time, give or you know, take a couple of days when things don't always go as planned, but you no longer need to wake up with an alarm clock either, because there's a hormone called cortisol that swings up in the morning. And if you are naturally waking up at the same time, you're getting that cortisol boost, which is going to make you feel refreshed. So I was looking at some of my wake up data over the last week and I don't use an alarm clock. And I was up between five 32 and 548 every single day for the last week without an alarm clock. And that's just showing you how much your body really follows that clock. And when you can wake up on your own without an alarm clock, your brain does not wake you up in the middle of a sleep cycle. And when we get woken up in either a deep sleep phase or dream phase, we feel like we've been hit by a truck. <laughs> it's called like, it's, it feels like jet lag almost, right? So if we can keep the consistency in that routine as much as possible, our body is more likely to wake us up at the end of a sleep phase so we don't wake up feeling so groggy and
0: full of brain fog. It's a huge trick that makes a big difference. That is so interesting. So I, my husband always used to laugh because pre-kids, mind you, pre-kids, right? I woke up every day between 7 and 7.30. And unless I was like sick, you know what I mean? It just happened. And then we got pregnant with our first son and I was exhausted all the time. like I didn't have morning sickness, I just had extreme fatigue. And I lost that ability. And I have 10 years later, not regained that ability. Now I tend to wake up at the same time every day anyway, because I have children and they wake up at the same time every day. So I have, you know, a built in alarm clock, but it does still have that hit by a truck feeling at times, probably because of what you're saying, I am waking up in the wrong cycle.
1: Yeah. Well, there's also a whole interesting field of study called chronobiology. So what this basically means is we have a gene in our body that determines whether there were early birds or whether we're late night owls or whether there were some place in the middle like that. And specifically what might've happened. And I have a thought just based on having gone through it myself. I used to wake up at like six thirty seven consistently, but after my daughter, I'm always up around five 545 45. Now I wonder there are about five major chronotype shifts you go through in your life. you shift from an infant to a toddler, a toddler to a child, a child to a teenager and a teenager into adulthood. And then you do one major shift, which basically means your sleep rhythms change over and over. And I think that going through childbirth shifts your chronotype because I found I became a much more natural early bird and had the same energy as I did before. So I'm almost wondering if that's what might've
0: happened. I mean, timing sounds perfect for that. So I wouldn't be surprised, right? Yeah. So we've covered sleep as something that you can control and you know notwithstanding people who have like major issues falling or staying asleep obviously that's something we can all control. I know for me, you know, so many people depend on coffee and caffeine to get themselves through the day. I feel less, you know, about that. I feel less, you know, interested in 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 doing that. I have my tea latte every morning. Uh, every once in a while I will have another one. It's usually not because I'm feeling tired or fatigued though it's usually because i want the warm comfort of my tea latte if i have a second one and i definitely do not have it too late in the day because that will affect my sleep but if someone like me isn't interested in using caffeine to get themselves through the day when it comes to how they show up at their desk for their work for their people what else might they turn to oh
1: i love this question because i'm like that too i'm like one half cap coffee in the morning i'm good with that The best thing you could do, it is free. It takes you five minutes, get out into natural daylight. What this does is this resets your circadian rhythm and realigns your body and your energy for the day, because we are often very unaware of how much light impacts our energy and our brain's ability to function. So we talked about the blue light from the screens being blocked at night. So important. Well, This is also super important in the morning and even if it's a cloudy day, it is totally fine and it works quite well because the lux of the daylight is so much, but if you get out and expose your eyes to daylight for five to 10 minutes in the morning it is as good as having a cup of coffee and especially when you just sit there and be for 5 minutes instead of spend 5 minutes on Instagram scrolling or checking your email for the day but a great way to start the day and it really will you know just help with that uplifted mood and energy and clarity for the rest of the day
0: i love that another anecdote right so i moved to oregon about 10 years ago and we moved from new york and prior to that i lived in southern california where it's almost always sunny right but I mean, we moved from New York where I lived four years and everyone was like, Oh, like, what are you guys going to do? It's gray all the time. It's rainy all the time. And, you know, I looked at like the national weather data and New York actually receives more inches of rain than the Portland, Oregon area does. We just have it spread out and theirs is more concentrated. But I never found a problem with how gray it was here. And I, and I really wondered why. I finally figured it out. I'm self-employed. I've always been self-employed. So there are very few days in oregon where there's no sun at all now it does happen you know we'll get like that three-day stretch in january that four-day stretch in march right but most days the sun breaks through the clouds at some point and because i don't work in a shoebox office when that happens i have the ability to go outside and enjoy it or if i'm not you know if i'm on a call during that time period i have a huge window right next to my desk so i have the ability to at least look at the sun, look at what's going on. And I really feel like that is why that whole seasonal affective disorder thing hasn't hit me the way it hits some people, even though I grew up in the Southern California sun 300 days a year.
1: Yeah. Oh, I can relate to that. I'm in Vancouver, Canada. Oh, yes. You know. Totally. But what you said was really interesting about having a window. There have been so many studies that have shown that just the ability to look out the window and see nature really has an anti-inflammatory and calming effect. They did a fascinating study where they had two groups of people in a hospital recovering from surgery and the group that had window access that could look at trees recovered and was discharged and had took less pain medication than the group that just stared out the window at another brick wall. So I always love incorporating as just as an entrepreneur and telling my clients, like put a plant on your desk. If you can have a window and like, there's even been interesting studies that have showed that nature sense. So think of things like sandalwood and lavender and stuff like that can trigger calming effects, which is a wonderful thing while we're here, because we're always thinking, is that link working? Is Instagram working today? Uh, what's going on with my business? What did that email go out? So anything that we can do to counteract that fight or flight that as entrepreneurs, we tend to slide into so easily is just a welcome addition for, you know, clearing up brain fog and making us feel much more present.
0: I love that. Oh my gosh. This study is so great. That's like fantastic. Okay. So we covered sleep. We covered daylight breaks. Anything else? Yes. Well, on the topic of stress, it's kind of a
1: beautiful segue into it. One of the things that I find most people don't know is that when we're talking about, you know stress free and self care and stuff like that we all for some reason go to like long yoga classes and bubble baths but i that does not fit in my schedule so for the longest time i was just like well this is just something i can't do but what i didn't realize before which i have learned is that it doesn't have anything to do necessarily with the activity you're doing but how fast your brain waves are oscillating so right now while you and i are having this conversation or you know the audience is listening our brain waves are in a state called beta. We are alert, focused. You're probably thinking about what I'm saying. Maybe you have a question. Maybe you want to Google something later. This is a brilliant place to be in as entrepreneurs because it makes us focused. It makes us productive. It makes us come up with great ideas. We love this. What we struggle with is the contrast with alpha brainwave state, which is when your brain slows down a little bit and it is associated with a kind of relaxed laid back feeling. Now to go off the example you were talking about earlier, when you read before bed, that shifts your brain into alpha brainwave frequency, which is a nice downslide into theta and Delta and then off to sleep. So that is why that works so well. But going back to what I said about, it's not about the activity. It's about the brainwave state. How many times have you read a business book where you're like, oh, highlighter, sticky note, type up this note over here. This would make a good post, blah, 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 blah. If that is our brain in beta while reading. Well, you gave a great example of your brain in alpha while reading. So what we're starting to look for is it's not about bubble bath and about yoga, but about what our brain is doing during the activities in our downtime. So we like to fill those with activities where we have we're focusing on one thing at a time and it's relaxed and it's present instead of cooking dinner while also listening to a podcast where we've got a to-do list on the side where we're telling our kids not to check the email. You know that, that's just really not alpha. And we need
0: that contrast to reduce inflammation, to clear up brain fog. So I have an interesting question here. Maybe it's not interesting. I don't know. When we're in the shower, I mean, this is like the like stereotypical example. We have the amazing ideas. Right. And what you're saying is, you know, that's probably more of an alpha wave situation. But we're talking about like having, you know, reading a business book, post-it note, oh my gosh, highlighter as being a beta thing. So how are all the good ideas coming to us while we're in the shower or while we're in yoga class or spin class or what have you?
1: I think that's because the whole purpose of going into alpha is what I call doing a cognitive load detox. So while we are thinking and creating and writing and analyzing all day, think of the load on our processing center in our brain as being filled up and filled up and filled up. There is less room for creativity in there, but when we allow our brain to get into alpha, I like to think of it as like a deload process, meaning we're taking stuff off the plate and making room for other ideas because I'm exactly like you. I keep my phone within reach from the shower because I get Brilliant idea. my last program name. I was literally like washing my hair. I was like, that's it. It's brilliant. And I love when that comes to me, but I, I really think that you hit it on the head there. That is when your brain is relaxed and it is alpha. And some people I tell you will stress shower. So I think it's different for everyone, but what you've pinpointed there, the feeling while you are in the shower is what you want for contrast, not necessarily that it's a shower, right?
0: Yeah, it's the feeling. It's it's getting into that place where you're not doing all the things. It's getting to that place where you can just be in the moment.
1: Yeah, and I, I, have, I also have a lot of clients
0: at the same time that are like, get it,
1: love it, how? Like, what do you mean
0: turn my brain off, right? So this makes a lot of sense, right? So I used to say, I don't understand it. Sometimes making dinner can be so meditative and wonderful for myself, and then other times it's not. And then I figured out, a couple years ago, like chopping vegetables for me is a very zen activity. Unless I'm trying to hurry and make dinner. If I can just like take my time and do like a nice pretty dice and then move on to the next vegetable, I am in my element. But if I have a child tucking on my pants while I am doing it, uh, there's nothing I detest more. And it's so weird because it's an activity I truly enjoy and also will avoid because at times I know it's not going to give me that kind of state that we were just talking about. That feeling is completely gone.
1: Yeah. It's so interesting, isn't it? It really makes, I think it comes down to, it's, it's like the concept of mindfulness. It's that being where you are now and trusting that your business is safe. If you're not checking in Every five seconds, there are no fires that you can't put out. Everything is fine. It's eight o'clock at night. Your clients don't really expect to hear from you. You know, I think it's making that dissociation. But for those of the audience right now that are listening and being like, like, this all sounds good, but I don't even remember what that feels like to wind down like that. I found, I was reading a book and I found an app, which I've just absolutely fallen in love with. And it's called brain FM. The best way I can describe it is almost like having a remote control and you get to tune in to the brainwave frequencies you like. So you're like, okay, let's give, give me some alpha. That's called the relax on there. And there's like a note bots in there that have alpha frequency music. And your brain likes to sync with it. So think of it like as an invitation to speed up the process of getting into alpha. And it has, you know, frequencies for focus. It has frequencies for meditation and deep sleep, but I like that relaxed one. Cause sometimes if I'm really overwhelmed or I'm charged or I have an emotion running through me, that's negative. Sometimes I need a little help. And so I'll just, you know, pop my headphones in and it'll get me started. And I'm like, oh yes, this, and I can tap into that.
0: I love it. I've definitely heard of that app. I know a lot of copywriters who like to use it while they're writing. I know a lot of people doing content creation, same thing. So it's like a fantastic thing. I'm pretty sure my husband uses it when he's like in like the deep work mode too. So
1: it's fantastic for focus. That's, that's secretly my favorite one. I never get more work done than when I'm plugged into the
0: focused one. I am such a silence person. I'm, I mean, I'm a pretty hardcore introvert. So for me, it's like, the ability to have silence in my actual like regular life is so rare that when I'm working, I just want dead silence around me because it's so much easier for me to focus actually with that.
1: I bet your brain has a higher ability though to stay present and focused. I feel like that's something a lot of people struggle with, but what I'm getting from talking to you too is like, oh no, I can slip into that. I know what that
0: is. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm pretty good with that. I also tend to be far more efficient with the time I do have to work than most people are. I mean, there's a capacity issue there. Like if you have a limited number of hours, you're, you're going to have to make them work, right? So I've learned how to do that. But I think that's also trained me to do the same thing in the opposite way. If I have a limited capacity for relaxation time, I'm going to get there and I'm going to get there right now.
1: Nothing taught me that better than becoming a mom. I was like, business and half half the time, let's go. And write a book, let's go. I hear you.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, Tanessa, this has been a fantastic conversation. I could probably tell you stories and find out cool scientific facts all day long, but we have to close this out. So if someone is interested in finding out about more about what you do, how could they do that?
1: Yeah. Well, one of my best resources that I put together is called 12 ways to biohack your energy. And I basically put together a playbook of my 12 biohacks that I've found across the board have worked the best for my clients to give them more energy in the morning and to wake up feeling a little sharper brain. FM is one of them in there. circadian rhythms. Another one kind of gives you an idea for that vibe. So if you're just like, nah, I just want 12 and I'm going to pick a couple and I'm going to run with them. You can head to tanessashearscom
0: forward slash energy, and you can download that for free. Well perfect. We'll definitely put that link in the show notes and if everyone is interested in this, this has been so fascinating and if we could figure out this much in, you know, 20-25 minutes, I can only imagine what putting a little more time into it would do to help everyone listening today.
1: All right, thank you for having me.
0: All right, thank you again to Tanessa. I appreciate this information so much. I know we shared a lot of stories back and forth and a lot of suppositions, but I am one of those people who has to get more done in eight hours than the average person gets done, or I simply won't be able to run my business. So this is the kind of information people don't talk about very often and probably needs to be shared way more than it is. So if you found this episode valuable, will you please hop on over and forward the link to this episode to someone you feel could maybe benefit for this information? I'm sure you can. So let's share the wealth, spread the knowledge, and all raise up together. See you guys next week.